We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. What is up, Green Bay Packers fans? Welcome back to another edition of the Pack-A-Day podcast, the 510th edition of the Pack-A-Day podcast, a Victory Tuesday still. A Jake is trying to survive the snowpocalypse in Kansas City edition. If you saw that Chiefs game, you saw kind of what I'm dealing with right now. Clearly, I'm not going to get any sympathy from people listening in Wisconsin, though you guys are plenty used to that. I am not joined today uh, by my co-host and pal, Ross Uglum. He is off hanging out with Gilbert Brown, Amon Green, Santana Dotson, everyone cooler than me. Uh, but no, for real, he's not here because he's uh, he is doing uh, his Packer Report stuff. And if you have not checked out his their latest uh, podcast, uh, the live edition from Stadium View Bar and Grill, it is worth the listen. It's very cool. Obviously, you got Gilbert Brown on there with Ross, but then he's joined by Amon Green, uh, the Packers' all-time leading rusher. No big deal. And then Santana Dotson as well, where they get into some pretty cool uh, 90s football talk, Green Bay Packers 90s football. So uh, definitely worth the listen. If you haven't checked it out yet, as soon as you're done listening to this one, head on over and uh, give that one a click, give it a listen, give it give it ratings, all that good stuff, the same stuff you do for the Pack-A-Day podcast. Uh, but today I wanted to talk about, uh, you know, beating beating your little brother is always fun. It's always fun to whoop up on your little brother. 
the Bears are, without a doubt, the Packers' little brother. That's not even worth discussing. That's just a fact. Um, so some things that I thought were interesting. Now, there's, there's five players specifically that I want to talk about, and I'm going to rank them in descending order from what I thought was the most important to winning this game to least important, just observations. So my biggest takeaway from this game versus the Chicago Bears, from this victory versus the Chicago Bears, number one, Kenny Clark. Good Lord Almighty. Kenny Clark, 24 years old, entering his contract year. (laughs) Pay the man. Pay the man. He was absolutely unstoppable. He... Two sacks, I think that's a career high for sacks in a game for him. Uh, Just unblockable at times. Whatever was ailing him earlier this year, throughout the stretch, it seems to be behind him. And, you know, kudos to him for playing through that. Uh, Just an incredibly tough young player, a tone setter in the middle middle of that defensive line, uh, quickly emerging as a leader on that defense. The Packers' interior defensive line is in very good shape for years to come with the young Kenny Clark. Uh, enjoy it, though, guys. In, enjoy it because he really is a, a special player. What he can do on the field is not normal for a man his size. Uh, so just enjoy it. I mean, he's probably he's probably the best. Yeah, I'm going to say he's probably the best interior defensive lineman the Packers have had in the last 10, 15 years. Uh, you know, B.J. Raji had that one really impressive year, but Kenny Clark's been able to do it now for really three. Uh, so pay the man, keep him in Green Bay for a long, long time. He's going to be a wealthy man, and he he's going to earn every single penny. Uh, so Kenny Clark was my biggest key to victory because they, the, the Bears just had no semblance of a run game, and they just don't really anyways, but Kenny Clark – just spearheaded that effort. I mean, I think they had less, they averaged under four yards of carry and did not even eclipse the hundred yard mark. Uh, and so that's, that's very, very impressive. So caps off to Kenny Clark. My second guy on this list is another defender that um, when I put this on my initial list, some people were like, well, he got beat though. He got beat a couple times. And that's Jair Alexander. He did get beat a couple times, but such is life in the NFL. As as a number one cornerback, um, what I thought he did really, really well is he he blew up the screen game. He is so scrappy. He is so physical for a guy his size um, in the run game. If you just if you throw out, he just takes away those extended handoffs. You know the the hey you're standing there. You got about seven yards of cushion. I'm going to throw you the ball. We're going to take our five yards and move on. The Packers do it. Packers do that. Um, everybody does that. that. That's in everybody's playbook. Jair Alexander erases that. You can't do that on him. He he will come up. He'll stick his nose in there. He'll turn that five-yard gain into a two, one, or zero, which is a big deal because uh, not a lot of corners do that. Someone was uh, told me, <laughs> they said, Jair uh, looks like Terrell Buckley out there, but he's going to have less interceptions. And I think that was meant as a slight to Jair but honestly, Troy Buckley had a really good career, and I think Jair Alexander is is much more physical in the run game than Buckley ever was. Uh, and if if Jair can honestly start becoming more of a ball hawk like Buckley really was, that's not a bad thing. Uh, I think that will come. You look at Jair at Louisville. That was something that was a five star trait for him was his ball hawking ability, his ability to create turnovers. And for whatever reason, even though he had an interception in this game, 
it just hasn't come yet in the NFL. He's got his hands on a ton of footballs. It will come. One thing who that reminds me of a little bit is is a young Nick Collins, a guy that seemed to have just stone hands. I mean, he played well his first couple of years, went through a lull, and then he just exploded to a guy that was having. I mean, he almost he had three years in a row where he had almost double digit interceptions. So I, I could very much see Jair developing that way in that regard. Uh, so Jair Alexander is, is my second guy on the list that I would say, hey, especially on that defense that stood out, that said, hey, you, you really deserve a game ball here. Um, third guy on the list, Dean Lowry. You want to talk about hands, talk about transitions of the game. I said, is the game that, you know, Devontae dropped two passes, which he's had a little bit of the drop sheets. Uh, Geronimo Allison, Allison dropped another pass on third down. Drink. Goodness gracious. That's it's to the point where I think Coach LaFleur said yesterday, Geronimo, he didn't <clears throat> throw Geronimo under the bus, but in a way he kind of did by saying Kumaro is going to probably start taking some of his snaps, which he, he quite frankly, he should. He's, it's not that Kumaro's earned it. It's just that Geronimo, you guys watch, you guys watch the games, you know. Geronimo has not been great. Uh, we'll leave it at that. So, <clears throat> the, the, so what I'm trying to say is all these drops, the blue ball looked like it was hard to catch. It's cold. And then here comes big old Dean Lowry, who catches an absolute bullet from point blank to intercept the ball. Uh, I think, and I said, the offense should all apologize to Dean Lowry because while that was a huge play in the game, it led to zero points. The offense actually went backwards. I think if you were if you pay attention on Twitter, you saw that after those first two initial touchdowns in the third quarter the Packers had nine total yards and one first down not good so I think the offense should all apologize to Dean Lowry for making that big play and no one's really going to talk about it because it didn't really do anything except kill time on the clock which is a big deal but could have been more uh my fourth guy on my list uh that I wanted to talk about is Devontae Adams uh just a stud you know playing through that playing through that toe injury uh, no easy task whatsoever. That toe injury is a big deal. Um, he's underplayed it. But you can see when he's in the open field, he just doesn't have that extra gear, that juice. And he's not a he's not a burner, but he is the type of guy that has kind of that next next to you speed where he, he doesn't get caught a ton. And you saw it in, I think it was the third quarter where he caught that ball, and it looked like, he just needed a little bit more juice to start running away from Ha-Ha Clinton-Dix, um, and he could have turned that that 34-yard gain, I believe, into a touchdown. Uh, but he just didn't have he just didn't have it. Still a stud. No idea what's going on with his hands. He's I think he had two yesterday, and then he's had one in the previous two other games too. And it's just it's frustrating. He's a stud. He, he's he's a top five receiver in this league. You got to catch those balls. You got to catch it. And he knows that he'd probably be the first person to say that. So, uh, Devontae, we love you, but get that figured out, bud. Um, so, the last thing that I really put on my list, too, and this is not what well, it's always tough to criticize Aaron Rodgers because you, you either fall, there's not a lot of people in the middle. I would say I, I want to be in the middle on Aaron Rodgers. I love Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is my guy. Um, he's brought me and Packers fans a ton of joy and satisfaction through the last 10, 15 years, however long he's been starting. 
but man, he did not. He made some of the dumbest decisions I have ever seen him make yesterday. I mean, decisions you would expect from a Daniel Jones or a Dwayne Haskins or heck, a Mitchell Trubisky. The 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 throwaway at the end of the first half, the little sidearm underhand, not to the line. He did that twice. They didn't call it another time. But it's just, it can't happen. It just can't happen. Um, and I'm not going to criticize him for holding onto the ball too long. That's part of his game. And I guess it's it's kind of the same. It's kind of the same with when Brett was here, where you just kind of live and die. You lived and died with Brett's interceptions, and you live and die with Aaron Rodgers holding onto the ball. It's just part of his game. It pays off sometimes, just like sometimes Brett could thread the needle and get you a, a miraculous touchdown. Sometimes Aaron holds onto the ball and gets you a miraculous touchdown. So it is what it is, but that was frustrating at that point in the game. And then the other thing, the the coloss I mean, just the, the incredibly stupid thing that he did, it's third and forever. He's running. He's 10 yards short. Aaron, why are you diving head first, nine yards short, and then getting bailed out by having your elbow. I mean, look, for God's sakes, luckily your elbow was down and you didn't fumble the ball, but come on, man. Number one, the, the biggest issue with that for me is you're putting yourself at risk. You just got to be smarter. Aaron, you've got to be smarter. You can't get – Tim Boyle is not going to do anything in the playoffs. We They clinched the playoff spot yesterday, but my goodness, eh, I'm, I guess I'm beating a dead horse. You guys all – I don't have to convince anyone that was stupid. If, if you saw it – you know it is. Um, a couple of other things that really stood out to me from the game, too, is Chandon Sullivan. Oh, my goodness. Um, our, our guy, our, our fearless leader, Andy Herman, has been on, has been on Chandon Sullivan since training camp. Um, if you're looking for darlings for this Packers team, he's, he's been pretty good with that. He's Tim Boyles' guy. Big Bob Tanyan has been a guy that he really liked. Uh, but I'd say Chandon has been, of the, of the guys that he's really been high on since the beginning of the year, he's the one that's really – been able to cash in. I mean, the kid just shows up every every single week. Uh, every single week, he's making one play at least, and he's not getting beat. So he's he's exciting. I think he's got a very bright future in Green Bay. I think Ross uh, actually pointed this out that you know, Tremont Williams is a free agent at the end of this season, and as well as he's played, he's 36 years old. If he wants to come back. If, if Tremont Williams wants to come back, I think you're at a point in his career where it's a year-to-year basis. You say, hey, we'll give you X amount of money. We'll give you a year. Because the wheels are going to fall off at some point. That's that's a proven fact. Whether, you know, for Tremont, it might be when he's 60. Who knows? The guy is unbelievable. Uh, but if he does retire, if he does, you know, want more money than the Packers are willing to give him, uh, Chandon Sullivan is, is primed and ready for that role as the nickel corner in Green Bay. So that might be something the Packers are just kind of forced to do anyways. So he's been a absolute stud, a fun guy to watch, a, fun, a, a great story, fun to watch develop. Uh, so those guys are great. Uh, another thing, and so to get off of this game and kind of move forward, the, this team, we talk about them winning ugly. They do win ugly. They have flaws. They're not a perfect team. The San Francisco 49ers, who are the the perfect team, the team that everyone is scared of, the team that, frankly, wiped the floor with the Packers. That did happen. But 
This is a week-to-week league. The perfect San Francisco 49ers lost to the 5-9 and nine Atlanta Falcons. They're not perfect. They have flaws. If the Packers meet the 49ers again, it really doesn't matter what happened in the previous game. It doesn't. Scoreboard says 0-0 zero to zero with four quarters left. This is the NFL. Teams are good. Teams adjust. Teams can figure it out. A great example of that is let's look at that game. Let's look at the Atlanta Falcons. Six weeks ago, we talked about them potentially being the worst team in the NFL. Friends, they're on a tear right now. They are a good football team right now. They're playing almost as good a football as anybody in the National Football League. They're 5-9. and nine. Their season's over. But it just goes to show anybody can get hot at any given time. These NFL teams are full of NFL players with smart guys that coach these teams. I believe the Packers have a very smart head coach in Matt LaFleur. I think they have a great staff. I think they have a very talented roster. I think they're battle-tested. I think they're used to winning these ugly games. That's fine. That's a great trait to have. Can they beat anybody in the NFL? Yes. Will they? I have no idea. But it's worth the price of admission to check it out. You never know. You can never write this team off. And it just it's a constant reminder every week. In the last couple of weeks, I've been this way, where good teams get bad, beat by bad teams or teams with a lesser record. It just can happen. So you let the Packers into the dance. Guess what? Their ticket is punched. They're in it. Where they will be seated, we don't know yet. These next two games are going to tell us all we need to know. But their ticket is punched. They're in the dance. That's, that's really all you need to tell me. Anything can happen. We see it every single year. Teams get hot. Teams go on a run. Teams win Super Bowls that you don't expect to. The Packers are not a team that I think a lot of people are expecting to go run, you know, run the table, which the Bears were trying to do, and go win a Super Bowl. Who knows? Um, but they could. They could and they can. So we will see. They've got the Minnesota Vikings coming up this week. I'm not going to get deep into that game because – uh, my my coworkers, my co-podcasters are going to get deeper into that as this week goes on. Um, but that's the big one. That is the big one. The, the U.S. Bank Stadium has not been kind to the Green Bay Packers. But, hey, they go into Minnesota and they win that game. And they win it ugly. Who cares? If they win that game, they've, they've pretty much all but locked up the two seed. With the, I mean, then obviously they'll need to go win in Detroit, which should. That should be a game they win. Uh, so, this is a big game, big week coming up, obviously. No one needs to hear me say that because everyone knows it is. Uh, so that'll be an interesting one coming up. Uh, things to look at, you know, Dalvin Cook's shoulder. That's a big, big storyline moving into this week. So uh, keep your eyes peeled for that. Stay tuned right here at Pack-A-Day Podcast. Uh, we'll get you everything you need to know leading up to that game so you can be the guy at the water cooler with all the answers. Uh, thanks again for listening. Uh, everybody have a fantastic Tuesday, and as always, go back, go.
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.